Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired edutainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Welcome to episode number 36 of Talk Truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, you know, I'm going to drop our one run in there. Um, this Sunday, we're going to speak about preserving Jamaican culture. I have with me a lady of the soil who has been involved in the arts for practically all of her life. And you know, I'm a man of the arts as, as well. So we both have a very light, heavy, riveting, all about the place we go as we talk about elements of Jamaican culture, how they can be preserved in, in, in our nation and, you know, just all of the things that we could do differently as we talk about how it existed, how it's existing, and how we can see it looking better in the future. So my talk truth is, as you know, subscribe to my channel on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, because the podcast is also on YouTube. And that channel is at Mario Evan. And I want you to subscribe to the podcast on your podcasting app. Uh, people can use anything from Spotify to Stitcher to Google Podcasts to Apple Podcasts. We are everywhere. iHeartRadio, whatever you like to use, I'm sure you'll find us there. Just search for Talk Truth with Mario Evan. And remember, podcasting apps are the best way to consume podcasts. It marks your spot. It keeps your episode, shows you what's played from what's unplayed. It's just so much cooler than doing it in a browser. So stop using a browser link. Subscribe to me in an app. All right, guys, let's check out the episode. See you on the other side. All right, guys, this is our next episode of Talk Truth. And I have with me an old friend. Again, I would say another multipotentialite, but definitely a woman who has learned and does a lot within the areas of arts, culture, and entertainment. And she goes by the name of Maria Hitchens. Welcome. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Mario. Hi, uh, Maria. Um. Tell us a bit about yourself, um, where you hail from, and I don't know, tell us something. Tell, tell us about Maria. Wow, this is always a very challenging question. You know, you kind of want to concise. I know, I like it because there's so much, right? Well, we'll get into more. Right. Um, well, born in Kingston, a.k.a. Yeah. St. Andrew, because we all just say Kingston. Right. And um, yeah, grew up in Mobe for a short while because my dad was posted at the airport there. And then eventually we all moved back to St. Andrew, and from there, um, dance has just always been a part of my life, been on stage since I was three. And, you know, you take the typical steps, you start at school, and then, you know, that masquerades into a more seasoned or professional performing dance group, and it just grew from there into TV production and, you know, you name it. Right, it evolved into spaces that you probably didn't even um, think about at the time, eh? No, absolutely not. But I you mean, knew that you, mm -hmm. but yes. you knew you were passionate about the arts though, always. Always about the arts. I mean, I have done JCDC performing with all the schools that I've attended from pre primary high school. You know, I have represented 
um, Jamaica abroad at, you know, international arts conferences. You know, I produce radio shows, international radio shows that cover sound system culture. So, you know, it's not just dance, but it's really Jamaican culture. Right, right. Um, well, I have to confess um, how we know each other because that um, I... Well, when I met you, you didn't meet me. I first saw you on the JMTC stage when you were playing. It was one of those leads like Cinderella. Which one was it? It Well, it would have been a couple. It, I there was a couple, but you were like a princess role. It was and it probably, was well, yes, I did Cinderella and I would have done Pan, Peter Pan. As uh, I well. think it was. I think it was Cinderella. Let me tell you guys, I had the biggest crush on Maria Hitchens oh because God. Maria Hitchens was like lead role in like a bunch of the JMTC plays. And for those of you who are not Jamaican, it's the Jamaican Musical Theatre Company, um, Jamaica Junior Theatre, and pretty much they put on productions and right. local versions. And boy, I was so impressed by you. And it wasn't that time you were doing more than just dancing. You were singing, dancing, acting, triple yes. threat. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, I mean, JMTC um, holds such a dear role in my life. Right. And in terms of that was like another part of your performance foundation as well. Absolutely. I did um I did JMTC for my entire high school years, yeah. um, including productions of fame, um Lion King. We did um several of them, cats. And so on. But what it is was that you found yourself in a space with people who were like minded. Oh, you know, wow. yeah. all of a sudden you entered a real musical world where, as you pointed out, it was not just dance, but singing and acting and makeup and costume and, and lighting lights. and stage. Yeah, yes. it, it, it really did change my entire life in terms of how I viewed performance. I never really experienced it like that until JMTC. Yes. And, and that certainly is one of the organizations that we can see there is a decline in terms of support for. And, Definitely. And, you know, I really wish we were able to even spread it around the island to have, you know, other chapters because lots of young people could really benefit from absolutely. that. Absolutely. It did change my life. And, and we didn't say what we're talking about, but we really are talking about the preservation of Jamaican culture. Yes. And, in, and by extension, the preservation of, of culture in, in any space. Um, you proceeded to do some more formal studies because um, of your passion. What, what did you do like at the tertiary level and beyond in terms of the art? Well, to be honest, my area in terms of studying the arts has been completely organic, just naturally in the field. Okay, so right. I haven't gone to school of dance per se or some other international um, dance institution. So I have been taught by, you know, great dance masters such as Lantonette Steins, Tony Wilson, uh, Monica Lawrence from, you know, Stella Maris and so many others. I've done summers though at the school right. of dance when I was in high school. But in terms of tertiary study, I haven't gone to a formal institution. Because oh, so I was just assuming that, that those were arts, so you, your other stuff was non-art related. In. Non-art related, but guess what? Everything really is related, you know. Everything because, is related. For example, my first degree is in tourism. Got and you. Mm -hmm. I have worked in the industry in terms of being an entertainment coordinator and oh, so on yeah. and so forth. Um, 
I also have a teaching diploma from UA, and that is in geography and social studies, of which tourism would fall under those subjects. And now I am waiting, fingers crossed, Mario, I am waiting on a final report about my um, thesis, Masters of um, Philosophy in Cultural Studies, where I studied, I did my thesis on Jamaican street dancers. Okay, so that one, that one is the one that comes closest to, to the field. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. Tourism, geography. All right, wow. And all right, so you said in the field you do a lot of stuff in the arts. Um, would you say that's what your main job is in terms of how you live through through the arts? Well, hmm. I know tricky, right? Very tricky because <laughs> live in terms of it continues to feed my soul and inspiration, but Absolutely. not live in terms of monetarily what pays me, right? So primarily what really pays me is my job in media. I do a lot of um, TV and radio productions. And that is to, that covers, you know, politics, it covers sports, it covers entertainment and culture. Um, But yeah, my passion dance has never left me. So regardless of whether I'm working in media or tourism or some other area, dance is always there, which is why I also formed Dancers of Jamaica, which is my advocacy platform. Right, and right, so right. when you talk about, you know, something to live for, dance is always there. And I mean, that's a good segue in terms of what pays us in the performance world and advocacy and how we can preserve and how we can improve. Um, what would you say, why, why, why did you choose to become an advocate? It'd be a good way to lead into it. Why you thought it was necessary to even advocate? Well, firstly, having danced for so many years, I was struck by, you know, the absence of dance hall from my formal dance classes. Right. So all the companies that have danced with all the dance classes that I would have taken, you know, with some of the persons I earlier mentioned, nobody mentioned dance hall to me. Nobody right. in, in, the early, in the earlier days. Right. Nobody brought in an instructor to teach dance hall or per se to choreograph. This is, again, in my junior years. So it was not until I would have gotten to, you know, a university age and then you'd have seen Lantanet Steins and others now, you know, bringing in dance hall. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but why? If it's created by our people, you know, why is it that it is shunned to some extent? And so based off that, and even in attending other person's dance shows, you know, dance hall, you, you never used to see it a lot. No, of course. And maybe even up to five years back, yes, you saw more. Um, you saw dance hall. But in the earlier years, it wasn't there. It was the typical ballet and modern and jazz and all of that and folk, but not so much dance hall. So I decided, yes, I'm going to advocate for dance in general, but I do have a special... Special um, place for dance Yeah, hall. special place for dance hall because I felt that it deserved to be treated equally and most certainly because it was a genre created by our own Jamaicans. 
I agree. Um, for our non-Jamaican listeners, um, what is your perspective on why that happens? Why you think we have placed it where it's placed? And I'll probably share my opinions on that too. But yeah, what's your feeling on that? Well, um, typical. Well, what is most obvious is because Jamaica still operates. You know, unfortunately, with, with a large emphasis on classism. And right. so when you look at it in terms of, especially in the formal arts world, they're going to place things in terms of high art and low art. And low art typically are those practices that the masses love, the masses create, and the masses gravitate to. The and grassroots the masses, Yes, and the masses are usually those from the lower or poorer economic classes. And that's right. where dancehall falls. And so where you have the funding, the people who sponsors dance events and the people who own dance studios and, you know, more established companies, they are not from those areas. And so you're going to naturally find that the support for dancehall is very slim. Right, right. And I will throw in that um, coming from that um, colonization and that British kind of background, I think a lot of that was handed down and then general this kind of Christian culture as well. Yes. I think a lot of those things also tie in. But I would agree with you. Um, funnily for me, just as a person, I, I have always loved dancehall growing up. But I think it wasn't until I became older as well that I cared less about how it functioned. So for me, when I see dance, I see Black culture and African culture. And yes. I see dance as cultural. I don't see it as, as slack to me. But I guess it depends on how you utilize it. But Overall, I see it as a beautiful thing. Yes, but you see, that's the thing. If you, it, Everybody is going to ascribe a different meaning. And it really depends, especially from your sociocultural background, the way right. you're going to view something. Right. So for, some, for most of us who, most, because not all of us, most of us who are dancers are from the art world, we right. would just say dance is dance. Because right. we understand that dancing jazz and dancing dancehall is also about celebrating people and life and creativity and, and freedom. Right? Exactly. Mm. But for some of us, because our social background, how we grew up, and as you mentioned, religion and other, you know, constructs, it will still cloud our judgment to say, well, you know, the dancehall person in the so-called impy skimpy is slackness, but we don't view the ballet dancer who is equally in very clingy, very, very tight clothes, clothing. right? Yeah. We Sometimes don't very view, little clothing. Exactly. We don't view it with the same lens to say it's slackness. Right, right, right. And then we're getting to whole dancehall and soca argument too. Right. And, um, but a lot yeah. of times it really is us putting our personal views on what somebody else is doing. Right. But if you stripped away um, all of those views and just looked at people dancing, if they were all dancing together without the music, yeah, <laughs> it would and, just be movement, right? Right. And so you see what really needs to happen is that more of us need to have a conversation with these persons find out their perspective what's their meaning when they wear that you know when they do right, a particular right, pelvic right. movement what right. it is that they're thinking of what it is that they wish to convey to the public and then we might find that okay you know our views might just change so it is that dialogue and communication that i often see as being missing 
And so my platform, such as Dancers of Jamaica, we aim to bridge that communication gap. And so, you know, in creating the social media platforms, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, I will showcase various dance genres. So I will showcase dancehall dancers. I will showcase the established, you know, modern dance companies. I will showcase the folk dance groups. I will showcase Jamaicans who are excelling in ballet internationally, you know, because we want to create a community that can see everybody and that can say, okay, well, I'm in dancehall, but I've never actually seen and known that a Jamaican has been the choreographer, you know, for such for international stars, yeah. for Lion King, mm-hmm. you know, and other such international um, productions. And in so doing, I'm trying to break down some of those sociocultural barriers. You know, that's important. And I, and I think the more the merrier. And as you said, a lot of um, how we position things is really based on our lens yes. and our perspective. And people really don't have the conversation to just make an assumption. Yes, that's what People it is. People are very assumptive. Yes. All right. I want you to take me. We, we are talking about preservation of culture. In a conversation we had off the air, you were mentioning how you mentioned the kids who love soca about Byron Lee and the Dragoneers. And they were like, who? And um, likewise, if you talk, they love dancehall, but they don't know anything about the 90s dancehall and the, the, the background of dancehall. Yes. Um, how you feel about music, dance, just general cultural into, um, education in, in prep to primary to high school level? Well, you see, this is it. Um, I mean, I don't even know what exists. I know what, I don't even know if I got any. I mean, I got music. I, did, I went to music class, but we learned about notes and skills. And in music uh, class, we but, were all um, ushered to buy a recorder, right? We were buying recorders. We all had used a recorder back then. And how many of us can actually even play one song <laughs> on the recorder? I just don't even know why we had a recorder. Why? You know what I mean? In Trinidad, everybody has to take um, steel pan lessons. Isn't that wonderful? Right. So you're playing because the instrument that, of your culture. Exactly, Mario. It's specifically tied back to their country. I mean, I love play a mental box or something. Exactly, but I mean, Mario. But I never even saw one. I mean, probably I would have seen one. If I see a mentor band in Portland or at a hotel or in the country, but but I wouldn't have seen it in school. Exactly. Or if you went definitely if you went to a primary school, yes, a government funded school, you would have perhaps encountered one when they came in when you had like Heroes Day events and so on. Right. Right. But again, that's a primary school so not all schools prep some prep schools but not all schools again so why are we being jamaicans living in jamaica and not at least having equal access right to our own music culture it's it's funny when i went to berkeley college of music in boston to do my music degree it was when i realized how little i knew about my own culture and it was a little embarrassing at times because I was at a, at times I was the only Jamaican in the school, and people looked to you for knowledge, and they expected you to know like the Bob Marley songs. You were supposed to know all the lyrics. They just assumed that this is something you would have in the in the bag. Right. And when I never had it in the bag, it was awkward because there were people who loved reggae so much that they could tell me about everybody. I may talk history, how them born, how them dead, how them grow, how them sing, and I was like clueless. 
And you see, it's a similar situation. And it bothered me, yeah. It's a similar situation with dance. And not just dance, but even with our folk dance history. Right, yeah? right. Because, again, when is the last time that we have seen a John Kunaban in real life? Right. Not a clip that somebody posts on social media, you know, or not some old excerpt that maybe somebody's running on TV, you right, know, right. again, because it's independence time. You know, we need to have better and more equal access to our own culture. Otherwise, remember, it was last year when they asked a question on junior school challenge quiz about which country reggae was created in. Right. And two, two students from two separate schools, right, gave wrong answers. Imagine being a Jamaican child and not knowing that reggae was created in Jamaica. Right, that makes no sense at all, right? You know? That means that they're totally clueless. <laughs> exactly. And so because we cannot depend on parents to impart everything to the children, that's why you have schools. And so my suggestion would be that all schools should have a culture club. Some schools do, but yeah. it's not mandatory. And I right. think the government should take that step to make it mandatory. And in culture club time, you have the opportunity to just bombard them with all this fantastic knowledge. Yes, they could form their own bands, yes, right, including right. create names, you know, and out they of could there they perform, it, yeah. they could mm -hmm. compete against each other within each schools, and then now nationally, they could come and compete, even outside of what JCDC does. You know, the more the merrier. Yes. Yeah. Um, they would learn about, as you had mentioned earlier, what Baron Lee has done. Everybody yeah. know the younger generation is growing up and carnival and yeah, and you know, we get to have a nice time and put on pretty costume or we get to go and watch it and all but of what that. But does it, what does it mean, right? And what it, where is it coming from? Ex yeah, Exactly. So a lot of people don't realize that Baron Lee used to take dancehall down the islands when his band used to travel long right. before our artists used to go down the islands and perform for themselves. Yes. And he just decided to bring their thing back over to our island Absolutely. so that we could experience their culture. Yeah. And in his band, he used to fuse dancehall. So, and not just dancehall, the music, but the dances. So right. whatever dance was popular in Jamaica, he would create the soca version for it. So you had the soca tatty, soca butterfly, dance soca, soca bogle. Yeah, that's true. Yes. And these are some of the things that I teach in my course at Edna Manley College, because what I did, I took it a step further. I said, okay, since there's a gap and, you know, people are not communicating, and since every school doesn't have a culture club, the right. least I can do is try and grab people who are attending the School of Art. Because again, why should we be graduating people that would not have done a course Right. in an art form that their own country has created. So I wrote two courses, um, generally centered on our popular dance culture, majority mm -hmm. of which is on dance art, but soca mm -hmm. is in there too, because we participated in that. And um, it is now offered at the School of Dance. 
Well, I mean, that's good, Maria. I, I commend you for it because it's hard work. And um, it's funny that we live in a country that has such a huge um, set of entertainers that do so well internationally, which means there's a big disconnect between not teaching the youth about <laughs> the root of entertainment. Yet entertainment is one of our big income earners that we still haven't mastered how to monetize properly and Yes. Unorganized. But you see, we can't it's, get to monetizing it if we don't see the value in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the individuals do well, but yes. the country hasn't utilized it as a nation properly, but the individuals do well. Right. Because the point is, all of us don't have to become DJs. All of us don't have to become dancers or musicians. Right. But all of us as Jamaican should value what all of our artists do right that should that should be the point so whether you have decided to branch off and study accounting if you should go and live anywhere in the world you should be able to represent well enough your jamaican culture because it's a part of your identity and so that is part of the gap that having culture clubs would fill because at least all of us would have left school with a certain amount of knowledge about our own people, about who we are and where we're coming from and why we should stand proud. I agree. Um, Well, I mean, in this conversation, it's important, again, for us to highlight the things that we have done well, even though it has taken some time. So in Jamaica, we have one performing arts school, Edna Manley College, which is in Kingston. Um, We have different um, performing arts groups that are private, and we have the JCDC, which is a cultural um, group, government-based, right. that does events. Right. Um, they are tasked with, you know, unearthing and preserving our culture. How do you feel about the existing things, Digital Rising Stars, Dancing Dynamites? You think that's great that we've created even these somewhat commercialized ways to expose dance and singing and art and um, expose talent? I don't have an issue with it being commercialized, but I wish that we would get equal support for the arms that are not commercialized. Right. Yes. So on one hand, in order to win a dancing dynamite really is about you getting the most votes. It's not necessarily about the best dancers or who have performed it technically correct. It really is about who gets the most votes. And so at the very end, but the judges do critique the technicality of it along the way. They, though, right? they critique, but it really is about who gets the most vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at least it tends to lean more to dancehall. Well, it is more dancehall. Well, than it, is, it is primarily dancehall. And sometimes mm-hmm. in there, they will add other components fuse, that right. we have to showcase as well. So Which is I, good. So mm-hmm. this is where, again, we would have to either come back to the NGOs, some grant funding or government, you know, support to prop up those um, competitions and agencies that are not commercial based. Yes. So we have Corporate Jamaica doing a great job with propping up the Dancing Dynamite and the Digital Rising Stars. But we need other entities now to come in and assist groups that are not necessarily going to be focused on, you know, being number one, but rather right. focused on um, just continuity. And, yes, right. mm-hmm. 
teaching aspect and just continuity, preservation of the arts. So that, that is like building a foundation and keeping yes, a foundation. that is the yeah. area where we definitely are lacking. So, for example, we have Edna Manning College, which mm-hmm. is several decades old, but why haven't we yet had an Edna Manning College arm in Montego Bay? Montego Bay, In yeah. Mandeville. You know what I'm saying? We need that. We need to have other campuses of Edna Manley. Is Edna partially, Edna is partially government-based, right? It's government, yes. It is government. Wow, that's interesting. And and the absence of that expansion means that we haven't really put enough focus on on getting the education out to the entire island, knowing that there are people who want it. Yes, because again, you know, they can only accept so many students. You're talking about... um, a lot of students that may need coming from rural areas, so right. they would need accommodation. Boarding, you know, and that's extra money. You right. know, um, everybody can be accommodated on campus, and therefore off campus accommodation rent, yeah. is more expensive. Then you're talking about transportation to and from school. You know, so if we had put funding and emphasis, um, we should be. We should have expanded by now. It's 2020. Yeah, and the sad catch 22 about the arts is I know comparatively the school fees at Edna are much cheaper than in the United States, but to the average Jamaican, and especially the Jamaican who is pursuing the arts, it's very difficult for them to, to pay. And and, so and we, then to, have to to end up in a craft where people view as a hobby, which sometimes may be seasonal, which, so, you know, it's like... It's a harder mountain to climb. Yeah, it's a harder mountain to climb. Because you have to know, convince, first you have to convince the parents as to why they should take their money for you to go to university to study the arts. The arts, right? Which is always a battle. Yes, it it is a battle, you know. And so parents are going to sit and they're going to look and they're going to judge and say, but... How does society view a singer or a musician or a dancer right, or a right. painter? I, what? You want to become a jewelry maker? You know what I mean? You want to become an actor, you know? And so they're going to weigh all of that. They're going to look on not just how society, but also how government treats it. So do we glorify our arts once or twice a year and the rest of the year, what happens? We put a lot of money into it for Grand Garland Independence. We put funding into it for Heroes Weekend when we definitely look at our more indigenous art forms. But what happens for the rest of the year? You know, yes, you want to study arts at college, but how come if we've done so well, how come we don't have a performing arts high school? You know, mommy and daddy work so hard. They have to weigh all of that. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on kind of the seasonality of how we are as Jamaicans and how the government sometimes operates. So we have specific days in the year, our Independence and Emancipation Day, and that's when a lot of the cultural events tend to happen. Um, but but why don't we have other things that run throughout the year? It's always so sporadic, you know, right. um, how things appear. Well, we have Reggae Month now, which is growing. Um, I think they've done a, they did a much better job this year than in previous years, to me. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of promotion and just they have a they had an app so you knew when the events were going on and some of the events got fair support. But we can still do better. But as you say, it starts from the root because I think we we weren't ingrained learning a lot of this stuff coming up. You don't even develop this culture of owning it as yours in a way. You know it's yours, but 
I don't know if you identify with it. Exactly. The way and that you should feel passionate about it and to want you, to support it. If you don't identify with it as such, then you're not going to get that support. You're not going to get no, the long-term no. meaningful support. So no, you're not going to get hundreds of dance advocates like myself, right, you know, right. who put time and money and who will, you know, knock on the door of a Edna Manley for so many years and, and not give up until finally you get in with, you know, the first and um accredited tertiary course, you know, possibly in the Caribbean to do with dance all dance. You know, a lot of right, people because you had to present yourself to them. Absolutely. I My yeah. courses had to go through the University Council of Jamaica. Several times they send it back and you tweak it and you send it in again. And you have to have the patience to wait because, you know, they have a certain time when they meet throughout the year to evaluate these courses. You know, so it took a lot of patience. A lot of us are not going to be as patient and as determined as I am. And again, because you don't identify the value in it as such. Yeah. Maria, I wanted to talk to me a little bit about how we can not do things the same way over and over. Um, you've mentioned some along the way in the conversation, but um, moving forward, what, what do you think are some of the things that we could do to, I mean, any additional ideas and things we can create a stronger foundation, create better consistency throughout and promote better, market better. Well, build. I think th there are several things that we can do. One, very important, we have to get the people who are passionate, the people who are in the know, who are experienced, we have to get them in the right circles. Right. No, that is easier said than done because we know how Jamaica is. Everything is click, click, network, right. who knows right. who, you know? But without getting those persons in those circles, then it is always going to be a hard task because you need the people on the inside to be able to fight and advocate, you know, as to and why outside and getting them in the circles. You yes. have to get you have to get them together too. Cause sometimes it's even hard to get the creatives together, you know. Because they have no. some of them beat some of them bitter. Some of them want to advocate, some of them don't care no more. And and you know what? <laughs> They're I in different I spaces. Can't wrong them. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wrong them because several times you have seen different groups and associations formed. And then before you know it, things just beat out and mm -hmm. everybody's back to square one on their way, um, on their own. But um I well, think so getting them into the right places, meeting the right, them the right, into the right mm -hmm. places. And two, we have to we have to find a way to get those persons who are already in the spaces, in the know, in the power, in who have the authority to just kind of let go, free up the reins a little bit. Right. So somebody else can also come in and say, hey, I know you've been doing it this way and you've done an awesome job. But what if we also did this, you know, adding on to. So we're not taking away from what they have done, but we now want to add they you know? need to be inclusive, like like how Corona, it seems like we're functioning as one nation and we're not over-politicizing it. Well, I don't think we are. I feel like we're ob abiding by the rules and coming yes, together to get through part, this. Yeah. For the most part, I think we need to approach the, the entertainment and the culture the same way. Right. And in doing so, and I'm glad you've brought up some of the changes in Corona, because look at how now, all of a sudden, all these schools, 
have been forced in two weeks to change to, their to method of teaching. Yeah. Absolutely. When so, people are saying it couldn't happen. Exactly the point, right? If we only have so many spaces, so many classrooms, so many dance studios, so many design studios, mm -hmm. and therefore that's a reason why we couldn't accommodate other courses or other students. But look, you could have been teaching some of these courses online all along, which right. would have literally freed up physical space for other things to take place. Right. You could have been teaching certain courses where you just place the content online and it frees up the student at whatever time to go and interact with that. If they have any questions or when it comes on to discussion time, then you would have set times where, again, you could meet them online and have those discussions. Yes. And that right. would free up the art students who also need to work in order to pay their school free fee. Right. That would yeah. free them up. And they would have gotten the education. It would have been mandatory. Um, so you they would still, still would have fulfilled all the bases. requirements. Yeah. Exactly. So my mm -hmm. hope is that with this, because there are always opportunities out of, you know, disasters. Yes. My hope is that our educational institutions and other agencies will now look at that and move forward and see what areas can we change in order to make all of us more productive. Yeah. Because um, in, mm -hmm. in the immediate moment, you know, it's not that we're necessarily going to find the money to build more schools, because even if we do, it's going to take time to do so. So right. while we are waiting on that, how else can we accommodate the arts? Ah, and it's such an interesting time now that because of the coronavirus, there's pretty much no arts going on. I mean, not really, but you know what I mean in terms of the functional part of it, the performance part of it has been almost but, destroyed but, but there's but other the, things emerging but, but on the flip side mario because of corona do you realize that it's the arts that so many of us are depending on to keep us sane absolutely i mean i created a, a igtv ig live called song association with me and i do it on sundays and i've done two weeks right. and people people log on and they're so distracted from all of the corona yes. news that they have a good time so people are still seeking entertainment Absolutely. And Dancers of Jamaica have posted several videos, uh, most recently one by the dance ministry, um, Obog, where their members, they all knew one particular choreography. And so they just all performed it in their personal spaces. Right, right, right. And then right. they edited everybody together in one really beautiful, graceful video. I'm and so, check it out. again, it is the importance of the arts. And I hope that after this, more of us will bring, you know, our, our time, our effort and, and dollars to the money towards supporting the arts. My last question for you, Maria, is based on your experience, how difficult is it for a person like yourself? Or how difficult has it been to get into the spaces that you need to get into? To, to make change and, and how, how would that be easier for you? On one hand, it hasn't been as difficult because I've been involved in dance for so many years and I have been involved in dance with so many different companies. I haven't just stuck with, you know, company dance theatre with Tony Wilson or JMTC or Stella Maris. You know, I have kind of cut across and I've worked in different capacities 
with different dance entities. And so because of that, my network is wide and people know me, I know people. But on the other hand, when you really want to make meaningful contributions, and especially if it's to do with dancehall, yes, it's quite difficult. Right, that and change old policy and guard, Yes, that old guard that we spoke of earlier about, you know, high and low art and what is idleness versus what is valuable art is there. It has changed. Yes, it has broken down, um, but still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what is what are any future plans? Anything on the on the fire for for dance advocacy right um, now for you? Um, or abso- same same struggle, same fight? Well, absolutely, I continue um, with the platforms on social media. For example, mm-hmm. on Facebook alone, I have over almost twenty thousand followers for dancers nice. of Jamaica. There, if yeah. you follow us on Twitter. Um, I usually go viral at least once every three weeks. The videos are there to prove it, to look on the right. views. You right. know, it's awesome. And that is just me. One person giving a platform to what we do here or what our dancers across the world are doing. And so what I would want to do for sure is to encourage other persons. So somebody else needs to take up the mantle, maybe for music, maybe right you know, in other art areas as well. And um, so my plan is to continue that. I also intend to start a video series because usually I'm behind the scenes. Yes. And so I plan to make myself more visible, go on camera and do, right. um, just do more of I that. I was going to say, if you had but, more time, you could um, do YouTube videos and interview choreographers yes, and dancers and those do. kind of things. Yeah. Yes. I know how labor intensive it is. It takes a lot of time and planning. It, does take a lot of time and then yeah. now of course i'm gonna have to get dressed uh, right you know and you do have other you do have other jobs <laughs> absolutely because i'm still producing for irish and chin which is based out of new york they have sound chat radio you right. know and they cater to the diaspora who are always clinging to what's happening in jamaica for politics and music and sports yes. and everything. Irish Lanchin is very popular. Yeah. Yes, so I'm still, you know, I still have that. But because all my dance-related tasks, because I'm also an adjudicator for JCDC right. and, um, you know, other things that I would have been doing, teaching workshops and so on, those have kind of, you know, simmered down. And so I plan to know, just start my my videos, yeah, and post them to my Instagram, which I'm at Lady Sound Chat. Right, drop drop all of your all of the social media stuff. Drop the that one again, and drop the dancers of Jamaica one. Any other stuff you want to want people to check out? Right. So for me personally, I'm at Lady Sound Chat on Instagram. Um, but apart from that, to follow my dance advocacy platform, it's Dancers of Jamaica on Instagram on Facebook, on Twitter. If you type in Dancers of Jamaica, you'll find us. Um, but they didn't allow us to have such a long name. So we had to shorten it to Jamaican Dancers. To Jamaican Dancers on Twitter, yes. right? Yes. All right, wonderful. All right, Maria Boy, you know what I love about your story um, and why you make a great advocate is because to me, a great advocate has lived the journey and they understand it. So you have not only grown in the arts in Jamaica, you've been in many groups You've performed, you've, you know, you've interacted with the space, with the circle, with the people. So you understand 
you understand it from the root coming all the way up and yes. that allows you to be able to to represent and um, fight better. <laughs> and and that's definitely what we need because as we say, he who knows it, yeah? He who knows it, let me tell right. you. And we, we thank it, you for we it. We know it. <laughs> we feel it, we know it. Well, Maria, thank you again for all of your work. And I'm glad you had this conversation. I'm also very passionate about, about a lot of these things. Um, I, I haven't figured out yet how I'm going to do exactly what you do on the ad- advocacy arm, but this is a part of it, I would say. And we will continue to grow and uh, keep doing it. Yeah, and big up yourself to Mario, and thank you for having me. Yeah, man, no, it's a pleasure. And I mean, I'm glad we can reconnect. A long time we have come from. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Lion King days, huh? Right, right. We have the pictures, you know, the pictures. We have the pictures. Maria, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on Talk Truth. And um, yeah, have a wonderful Easter weekend. Big up and be safe. All right, you too. You just listened to episode number 36 with my friend Maria Hitchens as we discussed the preservation of Jamaican culture, something so very important to our nation, so very important to the world that, you know, we have to find ways to pass the information down to the previous generations and to ensure that they have an understanding and a grasp of exactly why we are Jamaican. It's so important. So, you know what I need you to do? Of course, I thank you for listening with me every week and I want you to show us some love by subscribing, rating and reviewing this podcast in iTunes and follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're TalkTruthJA. On Instagram, we're Talk.TruthJA. And follow me also on Instagram at MarioEvan. And use the hashtag TalkTruthJA and also hashtag TTLittleW and capital M-E. That's TT with me. Guys, always a pleasure. Episode 36 in the can. You done already. You just listened to your 36th episode of Talk Truth. A place where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Until next Sunday, guys. Stay safe.